0: Guys, this is everything missing or murdered podcast. My name is Andrea. I hope everyone's having a great day today. Um, this episode is going to be two cases. They're unsolved uh, missing persons cases. They're very important to be talked about, um, and they're like they're kind of they're really heart wrenching, and it makes you upset that they haven't been solved. I mean, any case for me, that's upsetting. Um, and then uh, later this week, I'm going to have another episode for an unsolved murder case. Um, I'm going to start doing a lot more of those because there's so many. I mean, there's so many everything. It's disturbing. The world, the crime world is just disturbing. Oh, but yeah, if you, if you have any cases you want to hear that I haven't talked about or of anything like that, shoot me an email. I'll put it in the um, show notes or talk to me on Instagram. I'll put it in the show notes as well. All right, let's get into this. On February 13th, 1984 in Cantonsville, Maryland, a neighbor of Oliver Munson saw him leaving his house at 7.50 in the morning, um, probably going to Howard County, Maryland, where Oliver worked as an industrial arts teacher at Ellicott City Middle School. Industrial arts is taught in elementary school or middle school, and it aims at developing a manual skill. A familiarity with tools and machines, or an acquaintance with industrial processes and design. An example of that would be welding. He never made it to work and has never been heard from again. His family reported him missing the next day. On February sixteenth, Oliver Munson's one thousand, nine hundred and eighty-four or one thousand, nine hundred and eighty-four. Sorry, excuse me. One thousand, nine hundred and eighty Ford Pinto was found parked on Brayside Road in Catonsville, two blocks from his house. The right front tire was flat. Oliver's school notebook and lunch were inside the car. There was no sign of Oliver or where he could have gone. It also didn't appear to have any foul play involved. There was a flat tire, so I guess he could have gotten help from somebody. On February 27th, two video store receipts that had Oliver's name also had some traces of human blood and a spent small caliber shell casing that were found in a blue 1973 Datsun. Parked at the edge of Leakin Park, in West Baltimore, Maryland, the vehicle had been reported stolen the same day Oliver Munson was uh, went missing. The blood in the car was typed as O positive, but no one knows Oliver's blood type and DNA technology was not available in 1984. But they kept the sample, um, but it was also too de- deteriorated to be tested, so it was not confirmed to be Oliver Munson's blood. The police believe that Oliver Munson might have been murdered in revenge because he gave evidence against a car theft ring. He had unknowingly purchased a stolen vehicle from one of the thieves named Dennis Watson the year before he went missing. Oliver was scheduled to testify against Dennis Watson on February 16th. Dennis Watson pleaded guilty to car theft and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. He was paroled in 1989. In 1973, a man who was scheduled to testify against Dennis Watson in an armed robbery case was killed. Dennis was charged with first-degree murder, but was never brought to trial because one of the witnesses in the murder case died. Dennis's current whereabouts are not known. He was interviewed about Oliver Munson's disappearance, but he claims he is innocent of that. That's just crazy to me because he didn't really spend that much time. He didn't spend his full sentence in prison and then, um, you know... A witness in an um, armed robbery case is killed. And then, you know, of course, like, he never spent any time in jail because that witness is gone. It's just messed up. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that he had anything to do with Oliver Oliver Munson's case. But he, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But I feel like this is a pretty strong suspect. And I don't think you should just go based off of his word, but again, they don't have a whole lot of evidence. It's just convenient for him that that, that Oliver Munson went missing. Just messed up. Oliver Munson graduated from the University of Maryland at East Shore. He was well-liked at Ellicott City Middle School and took his students bowling twice a week. Oliver is one of six kids and has a reclusive nature. He loved working on old cars, which he kept in his yard, and he would leave town on the weekends to visit his mom and siblings on the eastern shore. He was declared legally dead in 1985. The judge ruled he was a victim of a presumptive homicide. There has been no charges in Oliver Munson's disappearance, and it continues to be unsolved. I'm not really saying that somebody that commits theft, because how do you go from theft to murder? I'm not saying that commits somebody that commits theft will do a murder, but someone previously tried to implicate Dennis Watson and was killed because of it. They could bring him to trial because the witness died. I mean, can you imagine? It's like an injustice in a way. Um, not saying he was involved at all in Oliver Munson's case, like I said before, but what could have happened? Where is he? What I mean, he obviously had a flat tire. Um, he was supposed to testify and he goes missing. It's mind-boggling. I have no idea where he went. And then, you know, the 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 blood on the receipts they couldn't test the DNA because they didn't have the proper um equipment to do that at the time which is understandable but it's like I don't know it's just crazy because apparently the car that that was all found in was one of the cars that Dennis Watson stole so Could it have been planted there? Could it have been Dennis Watson? Could it have been one of Dennis Watson's, like, group? I mean, I don't know. Theft doesn't automatically automatically go to murder, but it's not unheard of. There was a petition for Oliver Munson about six years ago, and now it is closed, but I will still mention it. We, the people, are asking that Baltimore County City Police reinvestigate the disappearance of Mr. Oliver Munson, who disappeared February 13th, 1984. It has been a cold case for 32 years. This was at the time of the petition. We want answers. We want justice. Why wasn't ground penetrating equipment used in the quarry? What is being covered up? Unidentified bodies in Lincoln Park, um, were any of them tested for DNA to see if they were Mr. Munson? The blood sample was deteriorated, so you can't get DNA from it. Using Mr. Munson's family's DNA, it should have been tested when DNA first came available. The suspect in this case was involved in other homicides. He never served any time for them. Why wasn't Mr. Munson given any protection since you knew that the suspect was involved in other crimes? And the witnesses disappeared or were murdered. Why haven't you brought this suspect back for more questioning? I would like to know that too. We the people want answers. His family deserves to be clo- deserves to have closure and this case needs to have justice. Yes, it's a closed petition, but I still feel it was worth mentioning. There was a website called Missing Oliver Munson that I will put in the show notes, and that is where his case is today. I do not know what happened to Oliver Munson, but I hope someday soon he will be found and brought home to his family. He did not deserve whatever happened to him. He seemed like a stand-up guy just doing what he felt was right, and that shouldn't deteriorate people from doing that. Like, you can't just... I mean, like, if you think of something wrong, then you say something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's horrible and the fact that there's like literally no evidence of where he went. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The blood is the blood and the spent shell casings are literally the only evidence they really have on what possibly could have happened to him. But why somebody had like the two receipts, like why the two receipts were in there? I don't know. I don't know what happened to him, but it's been way too long. Since he went missing and the lack of the fact that they didn't have DNA at the time because of everything. It's just, it's, like I said before, I don't understand how some cases can be solved really quickly. And I mean, I just watched a case today where it was solved within 12 hours. And I was like, I mean, that doesn't always happen, but I was just like, in 12 hours, you figure this out. And in other cases, it, it they sit on the, in a box for 40 years, you know, it's, it's really depressing. Um, So my heart goes out to all the families. I mean, I'm not saying that the 12 hour case didn't deserve to be solved. Like it did. Every case deserves to be solved, but I feel like Maybe it's just that they didn't have, you know, the lack, they had no evidence. They had nothing really to pinpoint where he could be. They had one suspect, but the guy never, they never re-interviewed him or anything like that. I and he got away, unfortunately, and whatever he knows is, I don't know if we're ever going to find out um, because haven't heard anything about him. I didn't see anything else out there that could tell anyone where he would be where he would be. So, uh, yeah, it's really unfortunate that this case hasn't been solved. And, uh, there, there have been some tips that I've seen over the, um, over the course of researching his case. And, um, there's a lot of tips saying that, um, he could be buried in, in Leakin Park, but I Googled Leakin Park and it's, 1,216 acres from what I can tell. And I looked at um, Google Earth and it it has a lot of secluded wooded areas. There's a river, there's uh, all kinds of, it's huge. It's a big park. Um, So it's possible that he's there, but unless you specifically know what area to look in, I don't Think it's possible to find him if he's there. I really hope that he is found, though, because it's so terrible. And he deserves to be found. He deserves to come home um, and get properly buried. Even though I'm one of those people that strongly believe that unless you find a, a body, that 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 person is still alive. So, um, I, and he was declared legally dead, like I said, but that doesn't mean anything. Like I, I hope he's hope he's alive, but I I have no idea. It's been well over 30 years since he went missing. So, um, and I know for a fact he didn't go on his own. So, um, and Leakin Park is, borders two of the most high crime neighborhoods in Baltimore. And according to what I read, as of 2016, it's, It's a very popular spot because it's wooded and secluded um, that 71 bodies since 1946 have been found. So it's like a popular dumping ground, which is messed up. Um, uh, But by looking at it, yeah, I can see that it's, it's so wooded and crazy. Um, but, uh, unfortunately they have never found as of this year, they have never found his body. So I, I hope I hope that he gets to be home soon. It, it's so sad, and um, I'm going to give a description of him just because uh, that's what I do, and he deserves to be talked about as much as much as I can try to talk about him. Oliver Munson was 39 years old at the time of his disappearance. He is 5'10" and 160 pounds. He is an African American male with black hair and brown eyes. And yeah, I'm sorry. This is all I have for you guys and for that case. And I'm so sorry for his family. It's, it's horrible. I I hope that something comes out of this soon. On June 9th, 1995, Morgan Nick went to a little league baseball game with her mom in Alma, Arkansas. She went to catch fireflies with her friends near the baseball game later that night. Morgan was last seen around 10.45 p.m. as she was by her mom's Nissan Stanza in the parking lot. She was emptying sand from her shoes. She has never been heard from again. Witnesses told the police that they saw an unidentified Caucasian male watching Morgan play on the field earlier that night. The man came up to a group of kids playing with Morgan and asked them a question. The police have not publicly released any additional information about the conversation. The male, that is unknown, um, is described as being around 23 to 38 years old, 6 feet tall, and 180 pounds. This person is considered a suspect and had black or salt and pepper hair that was combed back and maybe some curly hair. And he had a mustache and some growth of a beard. He also apparently had a hairy chest. He wore cutoff blue jean shorts and no shirt or shoes and spoke with a southern accent. The unknown man is to be believed to be driving a red Ford pickup with a white camper shell, and the windows were covered with curtains. The truck left the parking lot at the same time Morgan and Nick went missing. The truck had a dull paint job because of the age and a short wheelbase. The camper was damaged on its right rear end. Witnesses said that the camper seemed to be four to five inches shorter than the truck. The police found out... um, that the truck was caught on a home video by a person who was recording the little league game that night. There were two attempted abductions in the area on June 9th and June 10th in in the Alma area. A suspect that resembles the suspect in Morgan's case tried to lure a four-year-old girl in his red truck. The abduction was interrupted when her mom saw them and screamed. I cannot imagine what that's like. I just can't. In Fort Smith, which is 15 miles from Alma, is a suspect tried to lure a nine-year-old girl into the men's bathroom at a convenience store. He stopped when she resisted. The police announced that the incidences involved the same man. Um, that's what they think. Which, I mean, red truck. I hope the, the second one didn't mention red truck because it was in a bathroom, but it's very possible. They also think that this man was involved in morgan's abduction how crazy is this world if it was i mean what if it was just three different men trying to adopt kids it's disturbing either way whether it be different men or one man i I can't imagine in 2021 the police named a man named billy links as a primary person of interest in morgan nick's abduction he died in prison in 2000 while serving time for attempted child abduction This occurred within two months of Morgan Nicks' disappearance and only a few miles away from where she was last seen. Billy Lynx was born in Crawford County, Arkansas, served in the U.S. Army during World War II, and worked for Braniff Airlines in Dallas, Texas between 1962 and 1974. He moved to Van Buren, Arkansas in the late 1970s. The police think he had ties to states by Arkansas that included Tennessee and Oklahoma. There have been some unconfirmed sightings of Morgan Nick in the recent years, but she has never been found. The suspect and his truck have never been identified, and as always, this case is not solved. The FBI and local communities have offered a $60,000 reward for the recovery of Morgan Nick and the identification, arrest, and conviction of a suspect or suspects responsible for her being missing. Her parents believe she is still alive, and I will always think, like I have said, um, someone is still alive unless told otherwise. After Morgan Nick's disappearance, there was a need for an organization that would provide immediate assistance to the families of missing kids. Morgan's mom helped get the Morgan Nick Foundation launched in 1996. The Morgan Nick Foundation focuses on three major categories. Intervention. Intervention is states that provided for any family of a missing child, on-site support through trained search and rescue workers, prints and provides flyers of missing kids, works as a liaison with the police and media, coordinates local and national resources for the searching family, provides hope, encouragement, resources, empowerment, and an ongoing support to both the immediate and extended family members of the missing child. They also will host an annual conference entitled Project Hope for families with long-term missing kids. This conference focuses on issues surrounding the ongoing search. Education is the second one. It provides free safety skills and abduction prevention education to kids, parents, teachers, and communities. They utilize a safety curriculum that's called NetSmarts, which um which is provided by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, as well as the free curriculum, Keys to Safety, provided by the Arkansas Attorney General's Office. And last but not least, legislation, advocating for legislation that protects the rights of children. The Morgan Nick Foundation was instrumental in federal mandates signed by President Clinton for missing children, as well as the Megan's Law legislation that requires sex offender registration and notification of said registered offender, the Adam Walsh Child Pro- Protection and Safety Act of 2006, and Project Jason, um, Project Jason Voice for the Missing 1213 um, 2005 campaign for the Missing 2006. I will provide links in the show notes for all of this. It's really cool, like that they did this and um, all that. The Morgan Nick Foundation thinks that to reduce the number of child abductions in the future, we must educate our kids and empower them with the skills necessary to protect them from abduction. We can make a difference one child at a time. I think that is a great idea and the best thing I've ever seen or heard ever, like for anything. There's so many advocates out there and so many people that want to help. And it's just great to see this. Um, I mean, it's really unfortunate that she's still... To this day, hasn't been found, um, but it's really nice to see like a community come together and help. Their mission statement is dedicated to preventing crimes against children and adults through programs that educate, empower, and unite family and communities. The vision to be an organization recognized by the general public law enforcement as a leading resource in the prevention of missing and exploited children as well as source for a family crisis management when a child is missing. They value the rights of children and families and safe environment for children. There is a donate page on the Morgan Nick Foundation page as well. It is called the Power of 10 Movement. Donate $10 a month and get 10 friends to do the same. I also think that's a great idea. And I will link that in the show notes. Um, The police are still looking into this case and I hope someday soon, that Morgan Nick is found and brought home. I do not know who took her or why, but the important thing is we find her and bring her home. If uh, you have any information at all for this case, please call the Alma Police Department at 479-632-3333. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately this is all that I have on the case. Um, I will be, like I said, I will put um, all this information plus the the website, um, in the show notes for this case. It's really cool that, that they are still going strong with this. And, um, I just hope that, that she is found and justice is served. Um, I understand that the, that the prime person of interest is no longer alive, but that doesn't mean we don't deserve to know, like the family doesn't deserve to know if he had something to do with her or not. Um, It's important either way, Uh, because I know some people are like, well, you know, this is a really old case, so you can't arrest a a person that's no longer alive. Well, no, you can't, but you can get answers. There's always a way to get answers. So I think answers are just as important as an arrest. Morgan Nick was six years old at the time of her disappearance. She was four feet tall and 55 pounds. She was last seen wearing a green Girl Scouts T-shirt, blue shorts, and white shoes. Morgan has blonde hair and blue eyes. She has five visible silver caps on her molars. They were supposed to be removed in 2000. Morgan has a protruding purple vein on the lower left side of her rib cage. And yeah, that's everything I have for you guys. Um, Thank you for listening. And um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And I will talk to you next time, guys. Thank you.